Bleak Expectations by Mark Evans. Volume 3, Chapter the Third. A sort of fine life de-niced completely. Hellfire, heaven flames, and a massive purgatory barbecue. My beloved daughter and grandson are late. And your son-in-law, sir? He can be as late as he likes, but the thought of my grandson's arrival makes me want to dance and skip like a little girl. Alas, I do not have the energy of a little girl. Yet you do have the pigtails and pretty dress, sir. <laughs> your family, sir. Forgive our lateness, father. Lovely dress, by the way. Uh, and the pigtails are most distinctive, though they are more usually worn on the head. <laughs> Damn it. If pigs wear them on the bottom, so shall I. <laughs> Why are you late? We let the child practice his crawling all the way here. Well, the London streets are covered in horse droppings, spilled gin and cockney vomit. As are his hands now. We shall soothe him with his new Jack in the box. All right, geezer, I'm Jack. <laughs> it's a small working-class man in a box. We have trained him to calm the boy by feeding him baby brandy. An infant pipe. And an opium rusk. <laughs> See, he is happy now. Look at his tiny dilated pupils. Sweet. <clears throat> now, let us continue my story. Last time, you heard how my evil, undead ex-guardian, Mr. Benevolent, nearly conned me with a series of fake hauntings. He had failed, but his naughty machinations had revealed a hollowness in my life. I am as rich as a cream-covered Croesus who has just burgled King Midas. <laughs> but I do not use my money for good purposes. Such as buying crumpets and cakes and custard tarts. No, Harry, not cake paste. We live a rich life of riches, yet the poor live a poor life of pornuses. <laughs> they like hope, wallow in filth, and probably eat rat droppings. Join me, dear wife Ripley, sister Pippa, and best friend Harry, and make poverty a thing of the past, like old books and the Tudor monarchs. Dear husband, it's only the poor. And does the Bible not say, help not the poor, for it only encourages them, and they also spell odd. Well, I think it is a splendid idea, dear brother, for I love charity. Then, dear sister, you shall set up the Bin Family Charity, or Bin Fam for short. Oh, joy! The moral afterglow and ethical smugness I shall experience. Harry, what do you think? I think a dog in a frock is less likely to gain admission to a theatre than a chicken in a dinner jacket. <laughs> and about defeating poverty? Oh! Oh, is that what you were talking about? Sorry, I thought you were ranting about omelettes again. <laughs> oh, no! The sewage wave warning. And this one will be bad, for the curry clipper docked from India last night. These days, we have Sir Christopher Bagatelle's marvellous sewer system, which is cleansed nightly by firing a massive steel ball through the tunnels. <laughs> Back then, however, huge waves of sewage often swept through London, swamping the impoverished East End in ghastliness. Oh, looks! It is a massive metaphor for what life is like for us. As the effluent swept through that day, I was struck by an idea, as well as several unsavory lumps of yuck. 
If I could stop these sewage waves, the poor would benefit greatly. Harry Biscuit, as my best friend and... What are you doing? I'm trying to dress this chicken in a dinner jacket <laughs> to prove my theatre theory. Well, would you also undertake the saving of London from sewage? Gladly. No, 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 no. Say, one for the stalls, please. <laughs> my crusade had begun. Next, I wrote to the manager of my bin factory in the north, instructing him to ensure the conditions there were the best of any industrial hellhole in the country. And Pippa drew up her plans for bin fam. I have commissioned an enormous statue of myself helping the poor. But that will not feed them. It will if it is made of bacon. Is it to be made of bacon? No. But round the bottom, carved in marble, will be our motto, making the poor poor, poor no more. Charity is against God's will. For does the Bible not say, stuff the poor, they only have themselves to blame? <laughs> you hopeless, flint-hearted gorgon. At least I'm not a woolly-minded, self-righteous cow. Come, that is enough girlish banter. <laughs> Harry, how are your anti-sewage plans? I have three plans, Pip Bin. The first is very simple. I shall raise every building in London by seven and a quarter feet so the sewage can wash beneath. How? Some sort of massive lever. <laughs> and your second plan? My second plan is swans. How would that work? They could do swan stuff. Swanny things. <laughs> and your third plan? Have I already said swans? My heart grew heavy and squidged my liver as I realised that for all his devoted enthusiasm, Harry's plans were inherently a bit twitty. Harry, is this project beyond your capabilities? No, Pip-Bin. I, I could do it standing on my head. What? Oh, turns out I can't. Dear friend, perhaps your talents could be used in other ways, such as sitting down quietly on your own. In a locked room. Not designing sewage systems. Are you asking me to resign? Maybe a bit. Well, I won't. Then reluctantly, old friend, I must fire you. Ah! I have been fired! It's like the overpants fiasco all over again! The next day, I advertised for a new engineer in the Effluent Gazette. Applicants were instantly forthcoming. Get that, will you, Harry? Are you sure that's not beyond my capabilities? Ow, my finger! Ah! <laughs> uh. Oh, hello, man in an ill-fitting wig. Who are you? Hello. I've come from Bristol to apply for the job of Chief Sewage Engineer. I am Mr. Watt... Inventor of the steam engine! I hadn't finished. Uh, Mr. Watrovithic Stevenson Brunel Telford. Any relation to those famous engineers? Yes. <laughs> what engineerifications have you accomplished? I built the Clifton Dispensing Bridge. Britain's first combined bridge and pharmacists. <laughs> and I was the first to place a colander on top of a locomotive to steam vegetables en route. <laughs> Plus, I invented the first manual gearbox for robot cows and the wind-powered kite. Yes, the old rain-powered ones were rubbish. <laughs> Sir, you are hired. Result! <laughs> Sorry, I, I like to celebrate every new job with an evil laugh. He quickly drew up an impressive-looking plan thereby entering this sewage superhighway and finally being dumped on the coast of France. Excellent. <laughs> Although, <laughs> you've made a rather basic error. <laughs> you've completely missed out the swans. <laughs> yes, that is what makes it excellent. The scheme is approved. Splendid. My plan is working. You have lost your West Country accent. 
<coughs> I mean, splendid. My plan is working. Lovely job. Mine's a cider. <laughs> the mighty work commenced, and I resolved to go north to check on the new conditions in my bin factory. Alas, as I set off, I was reminded of the urgency of destroying poverty when I saw the wretched form of a young street sweeper, and my heart filled with pity. Oh, the wheel is slowing. It turns less quickly. What is this wheel, child? Just a rough beggar boy's metaphor for his own impending death, noble sir. <laughs> Actually, he had been dying for months, lying in the gutter making metaphorical allusions to the approach of grim death. I merely await the addition of a pinch of cinnamon and then my crumble will be ready for cooking. I wiped a tear from my eye, stepped over him and headed for the north. As I grew close, the sky was lit with the multicoloured glow of smeltworks and ghastly industrial accidents. Everywhere was the stench of sweaty toil. My factory was in a small suburb of Coketown called... Diet coke down. <laughs> I immediately hurried to the office of my factory manager, Mr. Bit Too Kind. Uh, Mr. Bin, you look well. And you look different, Mr. Bit Too Kind. You've changed your hairstyle. And your nose. Indeed, your entire face. And your voice is distinctly unsimilar to that which you had before. That is because I'm not Mr. Bit Too Kind. <laughs> he resigned, and after the funeral, I took his place. My name is Whack Wallop. Grinder Whack Wallop. No! I have met two of your brothers and eleven of your cousins, and they were all evil. I can only assume you are also. Ah, uh, but if you saw thirteen dogs with five legs, you might assume that the fourteenth dog you saw would also have five legs. Yet you would be wrong, for dogs have four legs. Are you saying you're not evil? Yes. Then I apologize for implying you are an evil five legged dog. <laughs> I see you received my letter, for conditions in your office are much improved. Is that real fur you're wearing? Yes, Welsh mountain tiger trimmed with dodo feathers. <laughs> Would you care for a glass of unicorn liqueur? After I have inspected my factory. Of course. If you wait here for a few seconds, I shall ensure everything is ready. Those few seconds turned out to be seven hours, during which I heard copious activity. Presumably the normal, completely unsuspicious workings of a factory. Now, if you'd like to accompany me... The factory was delightful. Notice the very fresh flowers and the uplifting murals of joy. The paint is still wet. We redo them every day, lest the workers get bored. <laughs> we constantly feed them champagne pie and lobster cordial. Gosh, I am an enlightened industrialist. You're both kind and wise, Mr. Bin. Like a generous owl. <laughs> you, worker man, what is your name? Samuel Suffering, sir. Do you like working here? Yes. It is not now and never has been awful, and no one is terrified of Mr. Whackwallop. Of course not. I'm lovely. <laughs> Ow! Did you just punch him? Only with love. <laughs> my visit lifted my heart. At this rate, all poverty everywhere would be ended by next Tuesday. <laughs> Alas, progress in London was not as swift. The charity proceeds splendidly. This week I had 29 lunches with other charitable folk to discuss poverty. Desist from your self-congratulatory catering arrangements. Tomorrow I shall take my entire fortune from the bank and you will distribute it directly to the poor. But giving them money is so patronizing. 
patronizing. What would you do, dear wife? I would tour the East End shouting, This is your own fault. Pull yourselves together. <laughs> Where is your compassion? The poor do not need compassion. They need a boot up their malnourished backsides. As the Bible says, kick them. Kick the stupid poor. <laughs> you vicious, heartless beast. You patronizing, lily-livered wimp. Leaving them to their uplifting moral discussion, <laughs> I sought out Harry. Pip-bin, I have invented a new poverty-relieving device. Behold my new aid-distributing cannon. Now rich people can help the poor without going anywhere near them. I shall load this shepherd's pie, aim it at a distant povo, and then fire it. Possibly killed him. I probably should have taken it out of the dish first. It is excellent, Harry. Really? No. Well, behold my next idea. Swans! Harry, why don't you come with me to see how the sewer system is coming along? Because I don't want to. Come anyway. So we set out, once more compassionately stepping over the dying street sweeper and his heartbreaking metaphors. I fear my slinky is nearly down all the stairs. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> At the end of the street was a gaping hole, the entrance to the sewer and the mighty things underway within. Vast caverns stretched beneath London like a gigantic brick-lined rabbit warren. But these tunnels were the work of man, not a 37-foot-tall brick-laying rabbit. Ah, uh, Mr. Vint, scheme progresses well. Scheme progresses well. Clutchman Dam is in place and the Hunterman grouting is nearly finished. No, 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 Clutchman Dam and the Hunterman grouting, no swans. No, 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 no. Oh, shut your face, you swan-obsessed simpleton. I, I mean... Ooh, hush up, cider, cider, girtlash. <laughs> my sewage system was going to be a trap. And my spirit soared further when on the way home I encountered Pippa distributing my money. Hello, scabby old man. How are you? Oh, I have this dreadful cough. <laughs> I haven't eaten it in three years. <laughs> you suffer from both consumption and lack of consumption. <laughs> some money. God bless you, ma'am. And I'll have it back, thank you. Uh, rightly, what are you doing? By giving them money, you take away their self-respect. And I shall take your chair as well, rancid poor person. Why? Does not the hymn say, stand up, stand up for Jesus? You are being ridiculous, rightly. Then you call God ridiculous. What does the Bible not say? He or she or it who calleth another man or woman or thing ridiculous calleth the Lord himself ridiculous, particularly Pippa. Where does it say that? The Book of Badgers. Do I get to keep the money or not? Incoming! Well, it is a moot point, as Harry has killed the poor man with his aid cannon. While Harry's misguided yet oddly incredibly well-aimed efforts caused our <laughs> best friendship to wane somewhat, my best friendship with Mr. Watt Trevithick Stevenson Brunel Telford waxed faster than a hyperactive French polisher. <laughs> At the end of the day, we would often share a glass of whiskey and a cigar. On second thoughts, perhaps we could have a glass of whiskey and a cigar each. <laughs> so, the system is nearly finished? It is. <laughs> My plan is nearly at fruition. 
<coughs> I mean, uh, my, my plan is nearly at fruition, Cheddar Gorge, Wookie Hole, Luar, Gert Lush, where's he to? Hello, Pitbin. Oh, you, Mr. No Swan's bad engineer. And you're having whiskey and cigars, like we used to do. Oh, you prefer him now. Did you want something, Harry? You've got a letter. Dear Mr. Bin, you were fooled by Mr. Whackwallop. Come to the factory again, stay a while, and you will see the truth. Yours, Jeremiah P. Exploited Person. <laughs> no, I must go at once. The Whackwallop will surely recognise me. You could go in disguise. Don't be ridiculous, Harry. What if you went in disguise? Excellent idea. Oh, oh referee. <laughs> Though I myself have never been fooled by a disguise, lesser people often are. Incidentally, dear engineer, your hair seems to have slipped down over your face. Uh, the recent hard work has loosened my scalp. A perfectly plausible explanation. I hurried north, passing the street sweeper. Oh, the lasagna is nearly defrosted. <laughs> and on the way, disguised myself brilliantly with a false beard, a false leg, a false arm, a false head and a second-hand Geordie accent I bought from a used dialect shop. With trepidation, I approached Foreman Whackwallop. Can I help you, strange, three-legged, three-armed, two-headed, one-bearded man? <laughs> I'll read. I'm looking for a job. <laughs> the factory was utterly changed. Everything was cruel and hard, and the pace of work relentless. Too slow. Release the dogs. He pulled a lever and seven dead dogs fell from the ceiling onto an exhausted <laughs> Take his place. What do I do? Stand there and wait to die. And while you do, make bins. Workers operated the binning jennies, while behind them, huge steam-powered graters swung back and forth, chafing them like human cheddar. It did not seem quite the workers' paradise I had intended. Bin production is down, so today is Starving Leopard Tuesday. I decided I had to reveal my true identity. Workers, listen to me. Your torments are at an end, for I am Pip Bin, owner of this factory. Also, the leopard finally appears to be full. <laughs> you don't look like Pip Bin. Let me remove my false accoutrements. Oh, hello, Mr. Bin. <laughs> the time for inhumanity is gone. Hey! I pledge an end to poverty, misery, and pain. Hey! What about the leopard? I promise no more leopardy jeopardy. Hooray! Now go forth and live your lives in peace, tolerance, and forgivenessness. Yay! Right, let's go and kill Whackwallop. I followed them to Whackwallop's office, where they were preparing to tear him limb from limb. I may die, Bin, but my work is done. For I forged that letter to lure you away from London, and now Mr. Benevolent's scheme is like a bottle with no cork. That is to say... Unstoppable. <laughs> Your new sewer system is... One, two, three, pull! No, wait! It was too late. Before he could tell me, the workers pulled him apart like a gory Christmas cracker. Oh, I only got the small bit. <laughs> My sewage scheme was in danger. I sprinted from the factory and back to London, forgetting it was 200 miles away. It, it took me three weeks, but finally I arrived in the main sewage hall with a bad stitch, several blisters, and a nasty case of jogger's nipple. It is 
nearly finished. <laughs> and Bin will discover the truth. No, surely not. Oh, I didn't see you there. I meant, it's nearly finished. I've got a brand new combine harvester. <laughs> For a moment, I thought you were Mr. Benevolent. Ah, uh, well, I do impressions. I love impressions. Who else do you do? The Duke of Wellington. Grr, take that, Napoleon. Where are my eponymous boots? <laughs> Brilliant. It is almost as if he is in the room. <laughs> Reassured, I look forward to the grand opening the next day. Pippa and Ripley joined me, but Harry remained at home, putting the finishing touches to his latest invention, an automatic sulking machine. <laughs> in his place, I took along the terminally metaphorical street sweeper. What a treat, even though my sausages are nearly browned on all sides. People of London, I must start by thanking Pip Bin. Without him, this would not have happened. And I would not be in a position to succeed in my most evil plan yet. Oh, my bread might be so stale that even toasting it won't make it edible. But isn't that the sinister Mr Benevolent? Merely an impression. Now I shall remove my wig. It was very tight. Discard my accent. Ta-da! And reveal my true identity. It is Mr. Benevolent. No, dear sister. It is an impression. Oh, she's right, Bin. For I am he. And you have just naively funded my evil scheme in the name of good. <laughs> oh, excellent. Now do your Duke of Wellington. <laughs> Seize them. Rough-hewn navvies seized us, and I realized that it almost certainly, quite possibly, might actually sort of be my nemesis himself a bit. <laughs> no, Mr. Benevolent, how did you fool me for so long? You know, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> we were bundled aboard a carriage, and as it took us who knew where... He explained his evil scheme. I have dug all the way under London, and now, using hot air balloons, I shall steal the whole city, float it across the channel, and sell it to France. But that is not at all what I had in mind. The carriage halted on Hampstead Heath, and we saw hot air balloons floating all across London, tethered to church spires, lampposts, and heavy docks. <laughs> All that holds the city in place is this one long bramble root. And I have some secateurs. <laughs> there, tis done. There was a mighty straining sound, and London began to rise. How can you sell London to the French? Quite easily. I shall say, bonjour, the French. Voulez-vous acheter la capitale d'Angleterre? They will say, oui, how much? I shall say, huit million livres, or... 20 million francs à la current exchange rate. They will agree, and London will be Londres forevermore. Something will stop you. I doubt it. Though I have been thwarted in my schemes at the last instant every single time before, this time I shall succeed. <laughs> no, you won't! Harry Biscuit! I'm still feeling pretty optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> then prepare to be unpretty optimisticated. For behold, my aid cannon, which I shall use to shoot down your balloons. Using what as ammunition? Swans! <laughs> and Pip Bin's entire fortune, which he left in the house for charitable uses. I've changed all three million pounds into coins. 
The man behind me in the bank queue was furious. <laughs> Ready, aim, fire! It began with a volley of swans, which achieved little by giving them a head start for their winter migration. <laughs> but then he reloaded with coins, and they tore into the balloons, bursting them one by one, until there was but a single balloon left. And the last one... Oh, no! Oh, out of coins! Oh, if only I'd checked down the back of the sofa before I left. <laughs> Harry had failed. Slowly, the solitary remaining balloon tugged London towards its ghastly Gallic fate. <laughs> but then... Oh, noble sir, my microwave might be about to go ping. <laughs> I can't let him nick London. Fire me at the balloon. <laughs> the brave street sweeper climbed into the cannon and Harry fired one last time. Here we go! Yes, it has worked. And what is more, in destroying the balloons, my money has finally been scattered across London and distributed to the poor. Foiled again. But at what cost to you, Bin? The poor now have all your money, which in turn makes you poor. <laughs> I shall enjoy seeing you in poverty's misery. I go now, but I will return. <laughs> You have returned sooner than I imagined. I forgot my hat. Ah, there it is. I go again now. <laughs> then we heard a voice from a nearby gorse bush. Oh, blimey. Who'd have thought that being fired from a cannon at a balloon and then falling several thousand feet into a gorse bush would hurt so much? <laughs> Tell me, boy, what is your name? It is Joe. Joe's sentimental overload. Well, Joe, henceforth I shall take you into my home and raise you as my own. Alas, sir, my train is nearly permanently delayed and there is no replacement bus service. <laughs> the man reading the dictionary out loud is as far as zygomorphic and the learner driver has successfully performed an emergency stop. <laughs> Long story short, I'm dead. And he was. But the boy, so poor and, frankly, whingy in life, <laughs> had achieved nobility in death. We buried him where he fell, which was painful due to the aforementioned gospels, <laughs> and contemplated our new lives. I have no more money. And I no more swans. <laughs> oh, this is awful. We are poor. I thought poverty was God's will. For the poor, yes, but not for me. Take heart, dear wife, for though we are now poor, we shall still be happy. Yeah, right. But as a bitter wind began to blow, I wondered if I had done the right thing and if we would ever be truly happy again. And that explains why you've remained poor to this very day. Imbecile, is it not clear that I am extremely rich? Of course. The 900-bedroom house... The fact that when you bought a country retreat, that country was Scotland. Enough. Return next week, and you shall hear how poverty gnawed at our souls, how I restored myself to respectability, and how Mr. Benevolent returned to ruin my life completely.
Bleak Expectations was written by Mark Evans and starred Richard Johnson as Philip Bin, Tom Allen as Young Pip, Anthony Head as Mr. Gently Benevolent, James Barkman as Harry Biscuit, Jeffrey Whitehead as Grinder Whackwallop, Sarah Hadland as Ripley and Lily, Susie Kane as Pippa, and Mark Evans as Sundry Exploited Factory Workers. The producer was Gareth Edwards. Thank you.